Hi, everyone. This is Sarah. On this episode of Schoolja, Chad and Clint assemble a teacher survival kit, reminisce about their favorite teachers, and recap the best parts of their summers in Dad Chat. Okay, enjoy the episode. Hello, I'm Clint in beautiful Roanoke, Virginia. And this is Chad from clear across the country on the shores of the mighty Columbia, Astoria, Oregon. Welcome to the first episode of the second season of School Jet, the podcast where two middle-aged teachers, dads, and hipster doofuses talk across the country about their combined 30-plus years of educational experiences. And anything else that might come up. We're Renaissance men. The goal is to make a podcast that teachers, and anyone else, tell your friends, find as fun and interesting as the teacher's lounge during lunch. But without the complaining. Come on. Teachers don't complain. We just loudly and forcefully point out everything that is wrong. <laughs> I think you might be ruining the brand. Oh, I, I kid. I kid. All right. So to kick off the school year right, we thought we should talk about the essential supplies that every teacher needs in their classroom. Like pencil sharpeners and staplers? <laughs> no, we've covered those. We're going to talk about the indispensable items that no school will provide, but every teacher needs in their very own personal teacher survival kit. We each have a few different items to share. This is not a comprehensive list, just the items that we have discovered are invaluable to have. My first one is a toolbox containing a hammer, screwdrivers, pliers, an adjustable wrench, and a measuring tape. Dude, that's not one item, that's a l six items at least, you cheater. Well, I'm counting the box with all the items in there as one thing. All right. So, yeah, I'm a bit of a cheater, but that's okay. Teachers like to bend the rules to fit <laughs> their own way of doing things. But I can't even count how many times it has been useful to have a set of tools around to fix stuff when something goes wrong or even to have it when other people are having a problem and they're like, hey, does anybody have a hammer? And you're like, yeah, I do. And you can really be the uh, the superman or superwoman of your staff by having that kind of stuff around. That's a really good one. For my first piece, uh, I would suggest having a small vacuum uh, or a broom and a dustpan. We've talked before about helping your custodian staff out by keeping your room as clean as possible. But even just during the day, you have these small messes that, that uh, come along. Uh, students tend to spill things or you're doing a project in class, it gets a little messy. It's really helpful to be able to clean that up as the day goes along so you don't end up at the end of the day with just this massive mess. It is every day somebody spills something. They'll open up a pencil sharpener and all of the filings will go everywhere and you're like, oh crap, that's a mess. And you can wait for the custodians to deal with it, but it's going to get tracked all over your room. If you can vacuum it up or sweep it up, it's really, really helpful. Going along with this cleaning situation, uh, my next item is baby wipes. I don't teach preschoolers. I don't have infants around, but I do have freshmen, and they're practically the same thing. And they tend to make messes, especially if they ever have any kind of food item. And so having some baby wipes, something that is gentle but has some moisture to it, because sometimes a paper towel just doesn't cut it. And they also really frown upon uh, licking your thumb and then wiping off kids' faces in public school. Right. Yeah. You're not supposed to... Well, one, you shouldn't touch kids. And right. two, you shouldn't... Lick. At least not like that. Right. Like, you can give them a high five. Sure. This is a little sidebar, but did you... My dad always used to, every time we'd go out to a restaurant when I was uh -huh. little, he would dip his yeah. uh, napkin into I, his yeah. water cup and then right. wipe my face. Have you not done that with your own kids? Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. I picked it I up. Know. And, yeah. it's, and it sucks because you're getting ice water to yes. clean your face. And it's yes. the stupidest. But yeah, as soon as... 
I had children, I was like, oh, yeah, okay, oh that's why my dad did that. <laughs> I'm becoming it's my dad. It's super efficient. All right, let's move on. Uh, so here's kind of a weird one, but plastic utensils. It's funny how many times throughout the course of a year it comes up where either a student needs a spoon or a fork or a knife or I know uh, oftentimes someone will bring you like a treat, like a donut or a cupcake, and you need something to cut it with or perhaps you weren't planning on having lunch in your room and things changed. The next thing you know, you're going to be eating lunch in your room and you don't have utensils. There's lots of times where having a set of plastic utensils is really handy. You can go to the dollar store, get a box of them for a buck or two, and you'll be glad you have them in your room. Yeah, they're really, really useful. And I think it's important we point out that some of the things that we're kind of mentioning here, some of them are kind of survivally things to how to clean up and, and, and maybe fix things. Other items that we're going to be listing are just questions you get from kids a lot where, hey, do you have this? And it's nice to be able to say, yeah, as a matter of fact, I do. Here you go. Um, so my last essential item that you absolutely must have in your desk is some dental floss because it is terrible to spend your whole second half of the day trying to get that little piece of lunch out of your teeth, you know, because sometimes that can be painful. But sometimes you have kids who are like, ah, I've got this thing in my mouth and they're, it's so irritating. They can't concentrate on whatever it is that you're trying to do. And if you say, hey, I got some dental floss, you break them off a piece and they go and fix it and come back and they're able to concentrate. And they, anytime you can do something for a kid that helps them feel better, they tend to really appreciate it and like love you from that point on. Like, oh, Mr. Hill, he's always got dental floss with Band-Aids or whatever. And that's helpful. Well, along those lines of Band-Aids, the final one that I have here is making sure you have a first aid kit. Now, I know a lot of times, at least at Astoria, we are given kind of a big Ziploc bag full of kind of some just basic band-aids and, and things like that. Uh, obviously gloves, I think they call it a blood spill kit. But even having things like nail clippers, throat lozenges, hair ties, uh, just kind of a, a bag of different types of things like that can be really helpful. Now keep in mind that... Um, I know our policies are that you can't provide any sort of medicine to students. One thing that my doctor told me recently was that if you have a sore throat or a cough, oftentimes just like a Jolly Rancher or some sort of hard candy, it really has the same effect as uh, throat lozenge that you would get for a sore throat. And so even having a few of those sitting around in a situation where a kid has a sore throat or a cough can be really helpful. So if you can start the year with the six items we've just covered, you're well on your way to dealing with many of the unforeseen needs and emergencies you're going to have in your room throughout the year. So Chad, are there any other items that didn't make the top of the list? Oh yeah, let's see real quick. Uh, pencil lead, safety pins for those wardrobe malfunctions for sure. Duct tape. And if you can find one cheap at a garage sale or if you have one lying at your house, I highly recommend having a mini fridge too. Uh, what about you, Clint? Probably Ziploc bags of multiple sizes. They're really useful. Um, I also like to keep a deck of kid-friendly trivia questions or other time filler activities for when a lesson goes short. So if you have all these items in your room, you're prepared for almost anything, and your fellow teachers will be super impressed with your forethought. But everyone will come to borrow your stuff. Yeah, that's that's okay. Anything you think we should add to our survival kit? Shoot us an email at schooljapodcast.com or post it on our Facebook page at schooljapod. Let's take a quick break and hear a word from one of our sponsors. It is a fact of every teacher's life that fall is a time of financial uncertainty. It's been a few months since a paycheck has rolled in, and for many teachers, the next direct deposit won't show up until a full month of work is done. As many states across the nation tighten their belts and cut education budgets, this leaves teachers with a difficult choice. Buy school supplies for their classrooms or eat. Thankfully, with Supply Central, this worry is no longer a problem. Supply Central is an online teacher-to-teacher -teacher connectivity resource. If you need staples in Des Moines, Iowa, you're in luck 
because there's a teacher in Ithaca, New York, who has been hoarding those things for years. Dry erase markers? Mr. Samuelson has you covered. Whoever had his room last had a whole drawer of them, never open. If you need something for your classroom, chances are there's another teacher out there who's looking to unload it. Subscribe now and Supply Central will include a free digital scale and you can print your own postage using the toner you got from us last month. Supply Central, taking advantage of a teacher's natural supply hoarding instincts since 2015. All right, welcome back. As we are both preparing to head back into the classroom after a relaxing and joyful summer, we thought it'd be nice to think back on the teachers who got us here in the first place. Exactly. Neither of us would be where we are today if it weren't for the dedicated work of some excellent teachers in our past, and we thought that today we would honor them with a few short stories and memories. So to start, I think it's good to kind of break down what makes a quality teacher, and especially the ones that have influenced us in our lives, what about them has been so special? So kind of the first thing that I think of, and maybe this is obvious, but just someone who was fun, especially when you look back to your elementary days, I think some of my fondest memories are just the things that we did that, at least in our minds, seemed like a lot of fun. They might have been super educational, but uh, the teacher was able to just infuse a good time into everything we did. Yeah, and I think you learn better when you are engaged and interested. You know, it's kind of a taboo word to talk about entertainment in education, but when you are entertained and you're enjoying yourself, you are going to you're going to get more out of whatever is being presented. Um kind of the the flip side of that is somebody who is tough, like you ha- you're really challenged, uh but also really fair. Like it doesn't mean that they're mean. Just somebody that uh, holds you to a high standard, uh, but holds everyone to that standard and, and is really kind of even across the board about that. Yeah, and I think a lot of times these particular people or this quality is sometimes not something you realize till maybe a little bit later down the road. I know now as an adult reflecting back, there might have been times where I thought, wow, that person's really strict. And then you look back and you think, wow, they really were able to manage that high expectation and still do it in a classy way. The next one I think of is just the ones who are inspirational. The people who through through what they've done have, have inspired us to not only get into teaching, but just at the time, they got us excited about whatever we were learning at the time. Yeah, and I think inspirational too of making yourself a better person. They don't even have to necessarily like give inspirational speeches, but just are the kinds of people that you want to be like. You look at them and you're like, man, that's how I want to be when I'm an adult. Absolutely. Next, you know, I think about teachers who just had the ability to explain anything to us, Ugh. you know, and, and just do it in such a simple way where it's it's almost like effortless. And that kind of ties in with the, with the last one for me is that you just learn a lot. Like right. you walk away from the class at the end of the year or however long you have this person and you're like, man, I got a lot out of that class. I, I now understand so many more things than I did before. Yeah, so you put all that together and you have an awesome teacher. Yeah, it's the ideal. It's the thing that you're really shooting for. Not everybody hits all of those things all of the time, but I right. think most of the examples that we're going to talk about here in just a second at least hit all of those things at some point. So my first one is a guy named Mr. Clark. Uh, his first name was Cliff, and he was my fifth grade teacher. And I remember being very disappointed to be in his class, not because of him, but because all of my friends were in other classes. But he really went out of his way to make me feel comfortable but he also challenged me a lot and one of the ways that he challenged me and I hated it at the time but really I think it was pretty influential on how I work now is he would often pair me with another student who was 
not super well behaved okay or not always as quick to understand what is going on and so i would work with these other students and at first i hated it but after a while i started to kind of feel good about the fact that i was able to help these other students and they tended to enjoy being with me because i would joke around and whatever right. but i thought that was pretty inspirational for me yeah. to kind of see that i had that ability also he chopped off part of his one of his fingers oh. during our class not during the class but during the school year he loved woodworking and he came to school the next day he had gone to the emergency room that night and then came to school the next day and told us all about it wow and i remember that very well and was like this dude is tough because he didn't even look like it hurt he was just like whatever i'm missing part of my finger now and dedicated comes to school the next day all right who you got yeah well i'm also gonna go to close to fifth grade my fourth grade teacher mr weber when i think of kind of the the qualities we talked about of course he's all of them but i really think of fun he was a super funny guy very jovial and, and joked a lot. He was a fantastic artist. Uh, he did cartoons and he incorporated a lot of his cartoons and, and a lot of the things that we would do. He was the first male classroom teacher that I had had. I remember thinking that was really cool. I mean, I loved all the female teachers I had had up until then, but I felt like, you know, we were able to connect on different things. He would talk to me about sports and, and, and things like that. It was just a, a really, really cool guy. I felt too like he had a lot of humor that um, went over a lot of kids heads but I know for sure I appreciated it and I remember kind of sitting in the back of the class sometimes and just kind of like chuckling at things he'd say and no one else was laughing and then and then well this is extremely unfortunate but Mr. Weber passed away long before he was he was done teaching he passed away in the middle of a, a school year uh, when I was in high school and it was so just kind of impactful on the whole community having such a amazing man who's still in the prime of his career leave us too soon but definitely Mr. Weber stands out as as one of the best I've had that is tragic, but yeah. I bet it was uh, kind of cool for the family to see lots of kids that he had taught kind of coming back and saying, boy, that was, he sure was a big part of my life. For sure. Yeah. So my next one is uh, a woman named Mrs. Johnson. I honestly have no idea what her first name is. It's Mrs. Yeah, it's Mrs. She was my sixth grade math teacher. And uh, as you know, I am not very good at, nor do I enjoy math. <laughs> and Mrs. Johnson didn't change that. She didn't make it so that I, that I loved math, but I loved her class. She was fun. She was funny. She had cool activities for us to do. I remember we, at one point, we had to build a bridge out of toothpicks and glue. And my bridge was awful, like just <laughs> the worst. But I got to play with glue and toothpicks, and I kind of made something that sort of worked. But I just remember her always having a really positive attitude. Mm -hmm. And even though I would come in and be like, I'm bad at math. And she'd say, no, you're not. Here, do this. And just kind of kept being positive all the time. Right. And, and I really appreciate that. I don't remember a whole lot more about that class, but I do remember her smile and being greeted every day and feeling like I was wanted in that classroom, which was a pretty good feeling for a kid who was like, this is not my element. This is not where I'm good at things. Well, I'll stick with the math thing too. And this is a little bit different because I, I'm going to bring up two teachers I had through high school, Mrs. Rayski and Mr. Bowman. When I think of people who were able to explain anything and really someone who I walked away from that class saying like, oh my gosh, I just learned so much. I think about both of these teachers because they didn't maybe have all those qualities. I don't remember them being the most personable or definitely probably not the most inspirational. I don't think I sat there and said like, I want to be just like these people. Turns out I ended up being a math teacher. And so there was probably some influence there, but they were so good at delivering their content that I had so much respect for them. And I loved 
them for it. And they cared enough to sit down with you and explain something to you in a way that maybe they didn't the first time. And they adjusted their delivery and, and were able to, to you know, get it in your head uh, in some way, somehow. And as a high school kid, I remember just appreciating that so much. It's like they probably weren't going to be the people that chat with you outside of school, but they showed how much they cared by doing a really good job making sure that you knew what you were doing in class. That reminds me a lot of one of the teachers that I worked with at Astoria that really I was always really impressed with, Mike Burney. That guy seemed like he could explain anything to anyone. Right. And he really took it personally to do what was best by the kids to help them get through. And I always found that really impressive. I also remember we had this really terrible toilet paper dispenser in the staff room. And he came in with a bunch of zip ties and a couple of pencils and made a really good one. The custodians eventually removed it, but I think they got the hint and put in a better That's toilet awesome. paper dispenser. So he was he was just awesome. Yeah. So to go along with somebody else who just was really great at explaining things and also I thought was hilarious. I don't think she meant to be, but she, I thought she was hilarious. Uh, it was a woman named Bobby Dolp, and she was the chemistry and physics teacher at my high school. And I took both of those classes, and as I've established, I don't like math. And chemistry and physics both require a lot of math. But I just loved her as a teacher. I like science, and so I was like, I want to take these classes anyway. And she was able to work with me through my deficiencies in math, and I ended up doing really well, especially in chemistry. I pulled pretty good grades in that class. And then in physics, one of the things that she did was... We were working on vectors, which requires trigonometry to understand. And the farthest I got in high school in math was algebra two. And so I didn't know trig and I didn't know what to do. And she said, oh, well, let me help you. And she got me giant pieces of paper, a protractor and a ruler. And I drew out all of the angles. And I sat in the back of the class on one of those big lab tables doing these big vector problems, sketching them all out. And I remember distinctly, it took me forever to take the vector test. But when I was all done, I had one of the highest grades in the class mm. because she didn't just give up and say, well, you don't understand trig, too bad. Another thing that I thought was great about her is she was kind of a mad scientist. When we talked about moles, she had a frozen mole that she kept in the freezer mm -hmm. in the chemistry lab and would bring it out and like make it talk. She was weird. During the safety lecture, she would dress up as a unsafe person with like a long wig and like let the wig get in the Bunsen burner and do all these crazy things. And she was so funny and weird and she would and get all out of control when things weren't working right. And it was awesome. So, yeah, Mrs. Dolp was a big part of my high school career. Man, I'm so impressed with your memories on these things. I wish I I wish mine were that clear. I didn't do as many drugs as you. I didn't do any drugs. Jeez. All right. This one's a special one. I'm going to mention my dad, Larry Matson. He taught PE at my elementary school from kindergarten through fifth grade. So I, I had him for a teacher for six years. I mean, obviously he's my dad. And so I look up to him and all that mushy stuff. But the thing that I really think about in terms of being inspirational was, for, first of all, being a PE teacher in elementary school, at least in most places, you're kind of a hero. Elementary kids typically still love PE. And he was a wonderful PE teacher, super energetic. He had nicknames for everybody. He was a blast and kids really loved him. But going home with him every day and seeing how exhausting it is and seeing how tough it is to be a teacher, I got to see firsthand what he had to deal with. And sometimes we'd have quiet rides to school where he had his mind on all the other things going on at home. And then I would walk into his class during the day and he would 
completely be able to turn it back on and, and be this super energetic, super kind, super caring man to all these kids who just loved him. And I know that all the teachers that I've loved over the years have had that, right? I mean, they're all dealing with stuff outside of school, but because you don't always know it and you don't see it, you just think of them as, man, you know, Mr. So-and-so or Mrs. So-and-so just must be like this all the time. They just seem so happy and so excited. And so it was really cool for me to be able to see my dad, you know, even during tough times, uh, be able to be that that teacher that that so many people remember him as. So, yeah. That's my dad. I never had either of my parents as teachers, but I definitely know how much effort they put in at the end of the day. You know, they would come home and be exhausted and, and still put forth that effort for me and my sister. So, yeah, it, it's it's impressive. All right. Well, those are the teachers uh, that really changed us. Do you want to share anything about your favorite teachers? Post about them on our Facebook page at Schooled you Pod, Or even better, look them up and write them a note on our Facebook page. That's right. Teachers love hearing from their former students, and they will be so happy to hear from you. So tag them. And now another word from our sponsor. Today's episode of School Jazz is brought to you by Life Unlock. Are you sick of hearing all your teacher friends talk about the cool things they do on the weekend while you're at home surfing Pinterest for bulletin board ideas? Hey, it's great you're passionate about your job as a school teacher, but face it, you need a life. That's why there's Life Unlock, the subscription service for teaching professionals that provides you with a new and socially relevant hobby every few months. A Life Unlock hobby assignment specialist will send you your new life's passion, complete with the necessary equipment and instructional videos, as well as a complete list of required jargon, fashion styles, and stereotypes associated with your new me time activity. I myself am a Life Unlock member, and just last week I received my first kombucha brewing kit. And while my kombucha still tastes horrific. I'm proud to say I've started eating only organic, sustainably grown foods. I haven't showered in a week and I'm currently in the market for a tiny home, just like a real kombucha maker. Before this, I was a passionate ballroom dancer, competitive ping pong player, stained glass window maker, the list goes on. So if you're stuck in a rut and need help getting pride out, contact Life Unlock for your next adventure because your lame personal life just needs a little nudge. So welcome back. As we approach the end of the show, it is time for our favorite segment... Dad chat. It is a time for us to brag about whatever's happening in our lives that makes us happy. Clint, what have you got for me today, buddy? Well, I think I've told you this before, and I, I don't remember if I've said it on the podcast, but this summer my project was to build, I, I keep calling it the deck, but really it's two decks Okay. Um, that are that are connected by staircase. There's an upper deck and a lower deck. And in my family growing up, my dad would always have a summer project, and the hills are very bad at estimating how long our projects are going to take. <laughs> and so the joke in our family was always like, oh, it's just going to be a couple of weeks, but then it would end up being a couple of months. Right. And that is exactly what this project has turned into. We had family come and visit for like three weeks in the middle of the summer, and I couldn't get much done during that time. Uh, I have employed my son Ty as his summer job because we had so many things going on that like a real summer job wasn't really going to work out. It's just been one of those things that's been looming over me, and Uh finally, finally, we got it done. It turned out well, and I'm really pleased, but it's it was funny to me as I was working on it, I am not one of those kinds of people that can like plan ahead super well and have like a great picture in my head of this is what it's going to look like. Right. Like I have an idea of what it's going to look like, but then you run into all kinds of little problems that Uh you weren't anticipating, and then you have to like readjust. Right. So the the deck now looks quite different than what I originally had expected, but I'm pleased with it. That's awesome. Yeah, thanks. One of the things I wanted to bring up also was Buster. 
Now, Buster is not a person. Buster, however, was essential to me being able to accomplish this task. Buster is a friend of mine's Ford Ranger pickup. It's old and kind of beat up. It's from like 1995 or something. It probably has over 200,000 miles on it, but we don't know because the odometer doesn't work anymore. <laughs> one, of, one of my friend's kids, or maybe my friend, I don't know, carved the word poop into the ceiling. It's kind of like a magical truck because it will pretend like it's not going to start uh -huh. and then magically start out of nowhere. Like it will, it'll turn over a little bit like and just start. Like it will sound like nothing's happening for a full second. But if you keep the key on, it just roars to life somehow. It's the most bizarre vehicle I've ever, I've ever driven. But Buster has been a real friend and a real trooper. And I'm, I'm, very grateful that I've had access to a pickup and, and haven't had to own one. So so that's my big thing. Well, I'd like to see a picture of your deck at some point. Okay, I'll post one on the website. All right, what do you what do you got going? Well, man, it's hard to believe, but I had my twentieth year reunion this summer. First of all, I, I had missed my ten year reunion because I was in a wedding. So this was the first time I'd I'd experienced the whole class reunion thing. And and I, I'll be honest with you, I didn't know if I wanted to attend. And thankfully, my my wife is kind of bless her heart. She's the one who kind of has the vision for fun things. <laughs> if I if I had it my way, I would probably just spend most of the summer at my house, probably doing super boring things and whenever she su suggests doing stuff as a family or vacations or just going out and trying things um, it usually ends up being super fun so I'm glad she's around for many reasons she's like you know Chad you, you really need to do this so it actually worked out we kind of tied it in with a, another vacation we had have you done a reunion Clint no I was geared up to go to our 20th reunion but we moved to Virginia and it was just it just the timing didn't work out it's a cool experience it's, it's interesting because if you've ever experienced running into somebody who you haven't seen in like 20 years in some cases it feels like they look exactly the same the last time i probably saw them was the day we graduated from high school it, you kind of pick up right where you left off and and it was it was a lot of fun one of the things that i was kind of fearful of and i really didn't want to get into was kind of a lot of reminiscing um i just I kind of said earlier in this podcast you have a really you seem to have a really good memory of some things that were happening in your chemistry class and no, I didn't take drugs in high school, but I just, I, a lot of it is just really vague for me. It's just kind of all blends together. And so I was really nervous about getting into these conversations with people and kind of like, oh, remember that time we did this or remember that time and, and not being able to kind of recall it all. But, you know, you mostly spend a lot of time talking about what you've been up to these days. And of course, many, many people have kids. And so you kind of talk about your kids and it was a lot of fun. I was really glad I did it. So I'm going to recommend to you, Clint, put it on your calendar, make sure you plan on coming to Oregon for your 30th. All right. Well, that brings us to the end of our show. Have a question. Do you have any essential classroom items that we didn't cover on the show or any awesome teachers you want to make sure to mention? We have an email address for that. Contact us at schooldiapodcast at gmail.com or you can find us on Twitter and Facebook at schooldiapod. And you can also find me on Twitter at Astoria. Follow me on Instagram at Chatterboxes. And don't forget about our website, schooljapod.com. The lovely intro and outro music you are enjoying was performed by Clint's beautiful wife, Nikki. And all our sponsors are fake, but our artwork is not. Big thanks to Corey Logan for our fantastic cover design. You can find him on Instagram at Corey Logan Art. If you like what you heard, please subscribe. And go ahead and leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. It will help other people find us. Thanks for listening. See you soon. Man, I wish I would have said my wife, Nikki.